From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion Disneyland Edition for the week of April 26, 2012. I'm your host, Tom Bell, and I'm joined by our Disneyland team, Nancy Johnson, Wayne Toygo, Tony Spatel, and Diz Sports moderator, Mary Jo Mulatto willie In this show, Tony has a review of the dinner buffet at Storyteller's Cafe, and Wayne tells us about some of the things you might not have noticed at Disneyland. All that plus this week's news and roundtable rapid fire on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Hello, everyone. Greetings. Hey. Hello. Hello. Is Hello. everyone else melting? Melting. Oh, my yes, God. Okay. It's been Good. horribly hot here. No. We get, we get a few of these a year. The this valley. is one of them. I'm, I, I think the problem is we haven't built up our immunity to it yet. It went from 70 to 90 in like two days. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay, as someone who lives in Orange County, I have not complained about the heat. This is why... I live in the greatest place on earth. I'm not melting. It's the same over here by the coast. It's been, actually, yeah. it was a beautiful day. It's down to 57 now, but it was pretty hot up here in Burbank. 57, really? No, I yeah. wore a jacket. I went to movies today, and I wore a jacket. Oh, my. Yeah, no, well, it's, it's but it, we did have the Beasley Valley. It's the valley. Yeah. The it's the valley. 95 in my backyard today. Yeah, wow. It's, it was, yeah, it's still 84 here. Yeah, somebody shoot Puxatani Phil because he's just wrong. This <laughs> and they work for the Midwest and up north, but um, does anyone have housekeeping? Me, 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 me. Go ahead. Um, actually, I, I have to tell Tony that I was actually thinking about him earlier today. Oh wow, that happens a lot with the ladies. <laughs> Not quite. I was actually making um, chicken and apple salad, and I put some craisins in it. Yeah, okay. That's, <laughs> that, that's the other time it happens. Really the only time it happens, but that's okay. Okay, actually, my housekeeping, I got a really wonderful email today from um, Dr. William Goldenberg. Um, he sent me a note. Nancy, just wanted to thank you for the Disneyland show with Wayne, Tony, and Tom. It's been a godsend hearing the familiar voices during my deployment to Afghanistan as an emergency physician for the Marines. Prior to leaving in February, I downloaded October through February just to listen to during my deployment. Let's hope that it stays on the slow side. Can't wait till September, October when I return to San Diego and reactivate my AP to the Disneyland Resort. I was originally from New York City and Walt Disney World annual pass holder. Will. Wow. I got all like mushy. When That's awesome. That's that really great. That's sweet. And we hope it stays slow for you too, William. Um, and thank, thank you for you. serving our country. Definitely. Thank you and all of your thank compatriots. You. Yeah. Thanks, Will. Wow. How do we top that? Yeah, now how do I complain about a buffet? Like how 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 insensitive! I'm sure that Will would probably be offended if you didn't, didn't complain. complain okay. about the well, now we've already let the cat out of the bag. Oops. But, yeah, something to look forward to. Yeah, has anybody been to the parks lately? Seen Cars Land? What what's new there? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Tony and I went. What was a week ago? Uh, we they wouldn't let us into the Blue Sky Cellar, so we had to wait, and it kind of worked out because it was like right at dusk. 
when all the neon was starting to come on. Ooh. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Well, so much has been released by Disney in the last several weeks. It's almost it's almost like they're telling us something new every other day. Have you seen some of the oh new God. renderings that just hit um, hit the Disney uh, news? The, they sh- the, the the fire engine. Yeah, they yeah. showed drawings of Big Red. Looks like he's a non-moving character <laughs> near the landscaping area. And it looks like he will attempt to water the flowers and plants, but I guess his aim ain't so good, and passing guests may get the watering of their own. Well, he's a oh, man, of course his aim isn't good. <laughs> they, oh. uh, they announced the, the new traveling. Oh, he just went right downhill really fast. <laughs> no, Wayne didn't. He just kept going. I know. Uh, trying, trying. They announced the new uh, traveling show that's going to go through the area, DJ's Dance and Drive. Looks like this is, yeah. uh, you know, one of those traveling uh, performance shows that DCA has always had, now, like High School mu- Musical or Phineas and Ferb. Now, are there human characters in that, or is it just the car? Yeah. Well, it yeah. sounds like what, before they used to have the Woody that would drive around, and they'd play, like, Beach Boy music and and surfing type of music. Mm-hmm. And they would drive around the park playing the music, and everybody, they would have, like, dance parties by the... By that car. Right. So I'm so glad story, they're bringing it back. The news story mentions that the party will be led by a girl named Spinner. So <laughs> I guess she'll be accompanying. Kind of like the DJ. Kind of like the DJ guy probably in uh, Phineas and Ferb. Right. Well, and they also have the two music acts coming to uh, Buena Vista Street. Buena Vista Hol- Street, Hollywood, yes. Hollywoodland. That, the, the, that. the Newsboys and what's the other one called? No. Dime, dime and five, dime. Or something. Yeah. five and dime, five and dime, five, five and dime. Yeah, yeah. yeah and and also the streetmosphere performers that are going to be over there, the actress and the policeman and the movie producer, mm-hmm. the the kind of uh, Hollywood studios performers that are going to be right. all over Buena Vista Street. Well, it they, seems like Buena Vista Street is going to be just as alive as Main Street is in Disneyland. Uh-huh. I'm so excited. Yes. And did you hear about the uh, the little ceremony they're planning to do each night to light up the neon signs along Route 66? No. Tell it's, us. Oh, my gosh. It, it, uh, it's just a really quick blurb. I don't know if it's official even, but what I heard is when it starts getting towards dusk, they may do a little reveal as all – you remember in the movie when they did the reveal and all the neon lights came on all down the street? I got a feeling that might be recreated each night. That would be super cool. Nice. And they also announced recently that the Pixar Play Parade is coming back with some improvements, too. I think they're adding, what do they say, Violet to the to the show? So glad that – that, that parade always played so well in California Adventure. I'm glad yeah. it's returning. And Buena Vista Street and Cars Land open in just under two months now. Oh can't wait. June 15th. Can't wait. I'm so excited. Nuts. Yep, me too. I'm too excited to sleep. I'm actually kind of oh. dreading the first couple <laughs> weeks of that. Um, I'm really not... Well, Nancy, instead of uh, instead of attending the opening, how about you go on a cruise? Yeah, I think we all should. <laughs> okay, there let's do that. Okay, well, I'm glad you guys mentioned the cruise because hey, nice I have another piece of, how, of housekeeping. Uh, 
It's kind of a personal thing, but I'd like the podcast but, listeners. But, but we wouldn't expect anything less. You're right. That's true. Because we're all personal friends with everybody who listens. Well, the one guy who listens because he sent us an email, so we know. Um, <laughs> so if it, for those that don't remember or know or read the blog, that last time I went to Disney World with my um, son, we went, came back, and we did the same rides in both Disney World, I mean Magic Kingdom and Disneyland. And so we were discussing, we're going to do that again this year. How can we do it? Um, because our flight doesn't leave Orlando till 3.55. It's a nonstop. And we come into, we come back to LAX at, I think, 7.15 p.m. And it's during the summer, so parks will be open later. So we discuss, Andrew and I were talking, about what should we do? And Tom actually, Tom, was this your idea? Or no, were we just talking about no, it? No, we were just talking about it. We're talking about it. And so Andrew's and my goal this time is on, on what day is that? I think it's June 30th, is to go to every single park in Orlando, not water parks, and go on at least one ride, and then come here and go on, now it's just two parks, it's nothing. Two parks, the, the two <laughs> parks in California. And so our goal is to hit every park and do an attraction in every park. And um, my son, as he said to me, I am your son, Dad, came up <laughs> with the idea of a snack in every park, too. So um, that's exactly what he said when I told him about it. So why I'm sharing it with the, the listeners is we're trying to figure out kind of a theme or a what do we go on. So um, does it? So if you, if anybody wants to email the the podcast and just give us some suggestions, doesn't mean that's exactly what we're going to do, but it might get the juices flowing on what's the best way to do this because our goal is to get one ride on in every park. And then come here and do two more rides so we can have done everything. And then maybe it'd even be cool if anybody wanted to meet us at Disneyland. Of course, we're running to the ride, so we'll say hi after the fact. But um, that's our goal. And I think we can do it. I'm renting a car. I think we can do this. So that's our goal. And if any listeners have any ideas of what kind of rides to go, what kind of ride in each park to go on, or what snack would fit as an iconic snack for each park, please email the podcast, nancy at... Nancy, yeah. Nice. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Nancy's going to plug the, the email. Oh, I, I plug the blog, man. Plugging the email is Tom's job. DLpodcast at WDWinfo.com. Okay, so yeah, just let us know because I'm trying to figure out how to do this. And, so, if we do, and if we don't succeed, I will go into a deep depression. So, jeez. Oh, no pressure. No, I'm Okay, you can edit that out, Tom. Okay. So, yeah, he won't. So, yeah, so we're looking forward to it, and give us some help, and let us know what you think we should do. Cool. And that's my housekeeping slash fun, fun. Any Any other housekeeping laying out there? Okay, let's go over to Tony with the news. Disneyland's iconic Carnation Plaza Gardens entertainment venue will close May 1st to pave the way for a new Princess Greeting area. I know we've already discussed this, but we need to give some more information. Since... 1956, the Main Street USA Plaza has hosted entertainers ranging from famous musicians such as Benny Goodman to high school bands to children's groups. Each Saturday, a group of swing dancers takes over for nighttime dances, which are expected to return after the transformation into the daytime fantasy fair. Fans, however, especially the swing dancers, are trying to prevent the venue from becoming a princess meet-and-greet area called Fantasy Fair. This is the news. On a recent Saturday night, many of the regulars dressed up to show their support. Men wore zoot suits and pompadours, and women were dressed in A-line skirts with petticoats and updos decorated with flowers and feathers. They should leave it the way it is, 
said Lance Indes, 29, of Cyprus, who started dancing at the plaza at age 13. Keep it vintage. Keep it classic. Disney has promised that nighttime dances will return when the Fantasy Fair opens next year, but more than 1,000 fans have signed an online petition asking Disneyland president George Caligridis to save swing dancing at the park. It's believed to be the longest continuous swing dancing event worldwide. Swing dancing events began in 1958, and the plaza opened in 1956. Susie Brown, a Disneyland Resort spokeswoman, said in a statement, Swing dancing will return to the park when the Fantasy Fair opens next year. The area is being designed to host a variety of entertainment, from princess meet and greets during the day to a wide range of musical offerings, including our popular swing bands in the evening. Temporarily, swing dancing will be held at the West Stage in downtown Disney. So... People are trying to change what's going to happen. That's the news piece of it, that they're trying to sign an online petition to get it to stop. I see their point. I really do. And I actually wanted to sit down with some of them and talk and get their get their comments, but I just haven't been able to yet. Okay. And, I, and I, 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 it's like I, I kind of like the idea of having the princesses there because then that frees up the theater right I mean that's that's the good thing but yeah I can understand why they'd want the swing dancing to continue sigh mm-hmm. controversy 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 Disney Studios has confirmed that it is developing a movie centered on Mr. Toad's Wild Ride oh, an original Disneyland ride that was based on the animated film The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad This project is in the earliest stages of development, and we don't have any further information to share at this time, said a Disney spokesperson. Wait, is is, did Rick Ross okay this? I know, huh? Who knows? Maybe it's going to be changed. Oh, the uh, Disney spokesperson declined to be named. (laughs) So, the short 1949 film has animated adaptations of both The Legend of Sleepy Hollow and The Wind in the Willows, which has the Mr. Toad character. The Disneyland ride, which debuted when the park opened in 1955, takes visitors on a two-minute dark ride through the world of Mr. Toad and Fantasyland. Currently, Disney is working on two other movies based on Disneyland rides, Haunted Mansion and Jungle Cruise. Again with the Haunted Mansion? Another Still one? with the That's, Haunted Mansion. Yeah. Still. Well, no, you're thinking of that horrible Eddie Murphy one. Well, that that one's been out for a long time, but this is the recreated one that... Um, Benito del Toro yeah. has been mm-hmm. working on. Huh. So is this a darker haunted mansion? Yeah. Much, much. Yeah. He is a huge. Not to derail your story, Tony, but he is a huge haunted mansion enthusiast and has been trying to get this out. It seems to be on and off, but uh, this this does seem to be a trend, doesn't it, with Disney Pictures that they are trying to latch on to movies based on ride themes, attraction which, themes. Which I actually find really interesting. I was thinking about it when I was getting the, the finding the story, that it used to be, we'll make the ride based on the movie to get people into the park, and now it's, wait, let's make the ride that we've already had a new movie to get people to go back to the ride. It's kind of a... Exactly. But I think it's, it's smart. Well, I and this is... Like it's, it. This is a new twist, because Mr. Toad's Wild Ride was based on an animated cartoon or animated movie being mm-hmm. redundant and now they're going to make a movie from the attraction so it's like coming full circle yeah and plus come on they have a movie battleship on a board like there's <laughs> any, anything that's already out there they're going to make a movie on now yeah. so yeah battleship 
I'm, I know. <laughs> B4. He's yeah. <laughs> That'd be a great movie. There you go. <laughs> we could have made our own and charged tickets half price and just us playing Battleship. That'd been exciting. <laughs> okay. People get Yahtzee. lost in the playing I can't wait. field. Oh, I can't wait yeah, for the Yahtzee movie. Yes. You know, it's going to happen, and we have it now on recorded podcast, so we'll, we can sue them and get the money when they have some action-adventure Yahtzee movie. There you go. <laughs> nice. Okay. Okay, and finally, please. Jeff Reitz and Tanya Mikesh have decided to take a stab at going to Disneyland every single day of 2012. Jealous. I know, I my little two-in-one day doesn't look like anything now. I woke up New Year's Day and decided I'm going to take advantage of the leap year having 366 days this year, Mikesh said. Reitz and Mikesh were at the front of the line on leap day and spent the entire 24 hours at the theme park. Wow. But many days they are there just for an hour or two. And they Locals. always go to, Yeah. They always go to Disneyland first with occasional visits to Disney California Adventure. If that doesn't say something about the the state of the parks, I just don't know what does, but anyways they, they keep the daily parking tickets. Then once they get in, they make their way to the hub where REITs post three or more photos to Facebook from their visit. Because of their frequent visits, they've gotten to know several cast members. Many days they visit with Gene, a cast member at the Big Thunder Ranch Petting Zoo, or stop by City Hall to visit with Ronnie in guest relations. Mm. While they enjoy visiting Disneyland, the two are unemployed and looking for work. <laughs> well, no wonder they're doing this. Yeah, I know. Come on. I'm trying to be Edward R. Murrow here and read it without comment. Okay. Reitz, a veteran, was a supervisor for a health insurance company until he was laid off in February 2010. Mikesh was a project man- manager. They spend their evening hours looking for jobs online and sending out resumes. They have their phones with them in case they get a call for an interview. They are even thinking of applying to work at the Disneyland Resort. A lot of cast members have suggested that we come and apply with all the knowledge that we have of the parks, Reed said. Their favorite memory so far this year was watching the flag-raising ceremony at 6 a.m. at the end of the 24-hour leap day. That's something you never get to see because the flag is already up when the park opens each morning. Reed said. So there you go. They're trying to go every single day. But it's kind of sad because they don't have a job. So it's like I'm rooting for them, but maybe I'm rooting not so they get a job and then they can't go. I, I don't know. But I just think that's a cool thing to try to do. It is. Let's do that next year. Yeah, well, <laughs> theoretically, I could. Could I? I don't know if I could. Well, I could, but it would just be like walk in, turn around. Have a, how about an Earl of Sandwich every day? There you go. Now yeah. you're talking. <laughs> See, you just got to think with Tony's mo- mind. Yeah, but yeah. okay. Again, with the trying to run and trying to lose weight, an Earl of Sandwich every day that would get. I would look like the characters in. Uh, now I can't remember. Uh, in Wall I'd, Wa- I'd be the Wally guys after that. But only so, so many Earl happy. Of, yes, there's only so many Earl of Montagues I can eat. That was the name of a sandwich, you guys should know that. Anyways. That's I the, will. That's the news. When it gets here. When it gets here. <laughs> that's the news. The, oh, that, I thought I heard that that's the news. I did. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Tony. Rapid fire time. Let's start with Wayne. Alrighty, Disney has announced that the very popular singing troupe, The Voices of Liberty, will be coming to Disneyland, and I think this is wonderful news I think I'm going to audition. 
You should. I'm with you. I'm I'm right there. I would Why I would you... so love to perform in this group. Why don't you for explain those, the Voices of Liberty? <laughs> for those of you not familiar with the group, the Voices of Liberty currently perform in Epcot at the American Adventure Pavilion. They are an a cappella group, which is the musical term for singing without accompaniment or without musical instrument assistance. In the Walt Disney World show, they perform right before each performance of the American Adventure attraction. There is a huge rotunda on the outside of the theater, and the group gathers about 10-15 minutes ahead of showtime, and they sing the most wonderful songs. They are built up of male and female performers, about, about eight of them. The harmony is exquisite. The songs are just gorgeous. The Voices of Liberty troupe in Disneyland will be performing at the Main Street Opera House, which is where Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln is. So I assume it will be taking the same kind of format like the show out at Walt Disney World. They will probably gather in that area between the theater doors and the entrance to the Mr. Lincoln area and maybe have some kind of little concert there before each showing or maybe at several times of the day. We're not sure yet what the schedule is. There isn't much other news. Disney has not announced an opening date. But this is the time of year when we start to hear more and more news about the summer activities. And with the opening of Cars Land, this may be one of the new features at the Disneyland Park that will be offered during this summer's activities. I have heard that some folks think because rumors fly hot and heavy around Disneyland, that the Voices of Liberty might be added to this year's candlelight procession. But this is far too early to speculate about that. But I think it is interesting to think about. So stay tuned for more news on the Voices of Liberty at Disneyland. Excellent. Thanks, Wayne. Uh, Mary Jo. Um, Well, I wanted to say that over in... California Adventure with all the changes that are happening on June 15th, Ariel's Grotto is going to go back to having character dinners. And I think that's a really good idea. Um, one of the best dinners that we had there were when the princesses would come around for dinner, um, when the princesses came around at dinner time. And the rumors are going out that with the new Carthay Circle restaurant, they'll be using that for the world of color. Um, an option for the dinner to get the dinner package. So, I'm like I said before. I've had dinner there before with the princesses, and it's about time that they brought it back into the parks. And I I did double check once that information came out, and the pricing for lunch and dinner will be the same because it's the same basic menu for lunch and for dinner. Yeah, and it's nice because right now it's uh, the only dinner available is Goofy's Kitchen over at the Disneyland Hotel. For a character dinner? For a character meal, yes, for a character dinner. And so having the sit-down dinner as opposed to a buffet gives you, at least you have a choice now. Yep. All right. Thank you, Mary Jo. Uh, Mm -hmm. Tony. Okay. Not ready. Okay. There's been some changes now that it's the slower season. With our with the schedule schedules for fireworks and things like Fantasmic were different during spring break. 
And now that the spring break season is over, we need to know that Disneyland fireworks return to a weekends-only schedule now that the spring break crowds have subsided. The Remember Dreams Come True fireworks show runs during the off-season at Disneyland, and the show is running on weekends only during this period, which I just said. The summer fireworks, called Magical, is scheduled to return next month, according to the Disneyland schedule. Nightly shows are expected to resume in June, when Fantasmic also will return to a weekends-only schedule. So, And by next month, you mean like a week from now, because it, it's supposed to come back on, Magical comes back on May 4th. Um, so okay. you, re- you really have just one weekend to catch Remember Dreams Come True before Magical returns, and then I think well, we get I think we get a couple weeks of it bef- between that and the Halloween fireworks, maybe. But anyway, so there you go. <laughs> it's one of my favorite fireworks. Magical? No, no, no. Uh, Dream- Remember Dreams. Phew, okay. I like Magical a lot. I think I, it is one of the better ones. I, I was going to say, although I love Magical also, with Dumbo flying and Tink and that Dumbo flying is my favorite part. Yeah. Dreams is great, but Dreams isn't what it was back when the fiftieth was. Magical is now. I, I think Magical's the top. Really? Yeah, I do. Right now, because I don't like the way Dreams has been stripped down. If they would run Dreams with all the effects and the way the show was originally designed, yeah, that would still True. be number one. But and, and also, you know what? I like the summer switch out. I like having yeah. a summer fireworks show. I, I yeah. like the whole summer night-tastic thing. I think that's really fun. Tony and I watched it from the Phantasmic area the other night. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It was kind of interesting because they, they do some of the effects on the... On the cabin there, on, across on the, the island. On the yep. island. Yeah. And, you know, the, didn't they? They pumped in fog at one point, and they do the, yeah. la- the lasers for Star Tours. Yeah. You know where else is an interesting area is over at Small World because mm-hmm. they do some stuff on the Small World facade, and you get to see. It's right. almost like 3D because you get fireworks surrounding you at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, everything's in the distance. You see everything from. From Phantasmic area. Actually, we were able to see Tinkerbell too, weren't we? Yeah, I've seen Tinkerbell from there. Through the trees. Now, one thing we've done is when we've watched Phantasmic from that area, we've walked over to where the Mark Twain, where the boat dock is, Uh and we have fantastic views of the fireworks from there. So we don't don't give away any secret spots. Well, it's it's wide open, so I'm not really. Okay. I, I'm I'm giving a nice tip. It was a it was a nice surprise for us that we we were, I, I, I wanted my uh, group to be able to see the fireworks from a good vantage point, and with just a little walk and not having to leave Frontierland, we were able to do so. so just just you know, a tip. Since we're talking about fireworks, let's huh? make this show as long as possible. Um, we at the Angels games. Some people do watch baseball that listen to this podcast. At the Angels games on Fridays, they always have fireworks. And we went last a couple of Fridays ago, Andrew and I, and like we go to Disneyland all the time. We don't need to see fireworks. So we actually stayed this time and watched the fireworks. And what was interesting was I was kind of jaded because I thought, well, come on, you're not Disneyland. It was interesting to just see a different firework extravaganza without the Disney connection and I'm not saying I liked it better. I'm not don't don't quote me. I'm not saying anything crazy like that. What was interesting though was that it made me realize how 
I'm making this way sound more important than it really is. Um, it was um, that they used Beatles music throughout. And what I noticed was the huge grand finale where it's just like, okay, we're going to shove every single firework all at once. And it kind of made me realize how in at Disneyland they don't do as crazy of a finale. Uh-huh. They used I, I, to. I, I kind of noticed the difference. But you know what? If you're coming out and you were thinking of going to an Angels game – Fridays, the tickets are a little more expensive on Fridays. They have, I have to say, I was actually decently impressed with the fireworks show. And they actually have lasers on the field. Wow. Yeah, with, I mean, they were full on. It's like Pink Floyd or something. I know it was. I was, I was tripping a little bit, but luckily I was able to calm down before we left. But no, I just, I know this is kind of, it's kind of related to fireworks, but. Speaking of snacks. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Tony. Um, I'm going to go next. We've got some good news about the former festival arena there in Frontierland coming uh, next weekend, which was May 3rd or 4th, the Big Thunder Ranch Jamboree. And that is going to be, like I said, at the formal festival arena. It's going to feature music, dancing, crafts, pin trading, and Disney characters in their finest Western wear. That's going to be every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And you'll be able to uh, have a good time there and see Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Goofy. But also, you may even see Horace Horsecaller, Clarabelle Cow, Clara Cluck, and maybe even a Country Bear or two. Wow. And they also announced that that is going to be the temporary, at least, spot for the Disney Performing Arts performances. So if your middle or high school student is coming to Disneyland to perform, that is where you will see them. Yep. That makes sense. Is they're they're uh, changing the carnations. Yep. And I didn't want to spoil my my rapid fire, but why isn't swing dancing moving there? Yes. Why? Ooh. Well, and, and that's one of the the commentary that the swing dance folks have is they're really upset with the fact that it's moving to the west end stage for this for this possible place for, for the yeah why can't they you know the their argument is why can't they just keep it in the park yeah. so we don't have to leave the park right still I'm glad they're continuing to use that festival stage that's such a great performing area and it's so fun back there. I'm glad they're they're not abandoning it altogether. Yep. And during grad night, 1995, I saw En Vogue there. I just wanted oh, to share that, date myself. Yes, En Vogue, E N Vogue. That and, group. And according to the Disney Parks blog, this is a summer type activity. You know that it's it's not a you know a permanent resident, but yeah, you know, we'll see how it goes and see if it lasts past summer. I love that they're expanding these areas. I mean, this this is going to be a blockbuster summer with Carsland's opening and the um, festival arena site being used again and everything is – I can't stand it. I'm too excited. Mm-hmm. I'm almost well, too excited to sleep. <laughs> wow. After all, I, how on earth will we top the Sensational Parade? And. <laughs> <laughs> And if, you know what, Mary Jo, Blockbuster Summer, I love that you coined that. And again, it's recorded, so when Disney uses it, you can sue them for taking that. Because <laughs> Blockbuster Summer is a great way. I think we need to refer to it now as that. 
I'm ju- I'm not joking. I'm like, no, I really love Blockbuster yeah. Summer. Well, you know, it makes me wonder how they're going to try and top all of this next year because they just can't. Yeah. Oh, are we already thinking about 2013? <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, hey, man, the rumors there- are already flying about what's going to try and you know what's going to be happening and what's the next things that are going to be refurbed once they finish with Cars Land. They yeah. can't just let everything sit for a while. No, good. No. Hey, you know what? They could do something to Goofy Sky. Oh, they already did something, Tom, didn't they? <laughs> they painted okay. it. Oh, whoa, whoa, hold on. No, they they had a ref like a six week refurb scheduled for Goofy Sky School again, and no, and it didn't, it never went down, and so then they they redid the dates, and it's like now it's only a two week refurb this this spring. So I was hoping they were going to do something amazing with it, but apparently they're just going to clean shoot, it up, shoot some oil on it, and call it a day. Yeah, again, no sound. Yeah, I know. I think if enough people keep complaining or writing notes that they're going to have to do something with that attraction because they're just people are just aren't going to be satisfied with let them doing these minor paint adjustments and sort of Disney's going to have to make it a more unique ride to the park they're going to have to Disneyfy it let's hope yep all right Nancy rapid fire my rapid fire is about Disney's newest heroine, Marita, and hopefully that's how they pronounce it in the movie because I haven't seen enough trailers to hear her name. Um, but they are bringing her into a special meet and greet area that they are creating across the plaza from Small World. And guests will be able to participate in activities that are inspired by Marita's story and that includes archery and such like that. Um, Also three of the characters of the bears, which I'm not quite sure how they fit in yet. It'll be interesting to see. Um, We'll also be enjoying the experience there as well. So there we go. This is going to be opening on, they don't have a date yet, probably sometime in May. Yeah, because I think what they're hinting at. Since the movie comes out in June. Yeah. Well, someone, someone on the, you know, asked on the Disney blog, um, they said they were going to be there 510 to 515, and, uh, the, author of the blog said you may have a chance to see her before the end of that visit. So, they're hinting around. So, 11th or so, probably. Yeah. Do you have that up now? Read what what they said when somebody asked about the bears. Oh, okay. Um, That's right. Someone asked, um, are Marita's bear cubs going to be animatronic figures? And um, Sean Slater, the author, said, the bears are bears, of course. (laughs) So this ought to be fun to see. And like I said, they did confirm that they're putting it actually across from the entrance to Small World in that area. Because we were all kind of guessing, well, is it going to go up on where they have the villains meet and greets during the Halloween parties and such. But that is across from Small World. No, but they said they're going to be making – here, let me see. Let me find the answer. Um, Sean um, tells another another. Reader, that we are creating a new area for Marita on the right side across.
across the parade route from It's a Small World. Hmm, interesting. So, yes. I mean, well, they have just so much space in that plaza that they never use. Not until Christmas, yeah. Well, and even in Christmas, they don't snake that line all the way through that plaza. For Small they, World? They, for Small World. No, plaza. Small World goes across the plaza and up onto the, the raised platform area. It doesn't go up and down through the back of the plaza. So I'm thinking it's like in the very, very back of the plaza. We shall see. Yep. All right. Thank you, Nancy. That will do it for Rapid Fire. Let's move to our new segment, Mary Jo's Thread of the Week. This week, I one of the threads that popped out at me was one titled, I Need Car Travel Ideas for Kids and Hotel Treasure Hunt Ideas. And this is from longtime Dizzer. Emmers is the mommy. And she's going to be driving. I, cute, right? Yeah. But she has uh, two daughters and a son, and she and her husband are bringing the family down to Disneyland, driving for two days in their car. So she's looking for ideas to keep the kids entertained. And the first, I guess they've told the kids that they're going to Las Vegas, and they're going to spring oh. it on the kids. So it's a surprise. So wow, can- that... So can it be Disney related or? Well, the they're going to spring the surprise when on at the first night when they're staying in a hotel. Oh, okay, cool. And then what she wants to do is put together some kind of scavenger hunt so that they get clues and then the big reveal of where they're actually going. So are these are sharing lots of ideas? Um, yeah, we've got some really some really neat ideas. Some of them are Disney related, some are not. But some of the ones that I had never even thought of for my own kids was to get dry erase markers and write on the windows of the car. And oh, wow. they had some games that they they were um, recommending, and they were um, also like pictures, and they could erase the the uh, the pictures. I just thought, what a what a neat idea, and it doesn't take up a lot of room. Somebody else said, get a map and put stars. Uh, Every hundred miles, and number the stars so that when they get to that point, they open up a bag with some surprise in it. Um, every hundred miles, so they have something that they're looking forward to. Plus, they're mapping out their route. So I thought that was a neat idea too. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a nice variation on on if you're a AAA member, you can get those trip ticks. And we always used to do that. You know, if you if you were good, you got to help Grandpa navigate by, you know, reading the triptychs. So that's kind of cool. That's really yeah. nice. I really like that they had some of some ideas where, you know, get a DVR and have your kids watch movies. And there were other ideas that involved the whole family doing something. And I really like that because the parents are, in, you know, it's so easy to tell the kids be quiet, sit in the back, and the parents are concentrating on the front or on the drive itself. But this involved the whole family with games that they could play. And, you know, there's the typical, you know, they had one that they uh, made on cardstock, license plates from all 50 states, and marked down which ones you saw. And I thought that was another neat one. The whole family could play that. And another one was count the cows for the parts that when they're not in the city. Love count that. The cows. <laughs> count the cows, and if you come across water or a bridge – then you have to start all over again because the cows die. They fall off the bridge. Nice. <laughs> but anyway, so so if anybody wants to go to the our Disneyland uh, planning board and look for the 
uh, thread called I Need Car Travel Ideas for Kids and Hotel Treasure Hunt Ideas to get some good ideas because there's quite a few. Or if you have ideas of your own, go ahead and, and give her a it for her and other people who are taking these ideas and making notes. One thing I've done for when I took Cub Scouts places and road trips and stuff like that is Discovery Education has a website where you can make your own word searches or like um, crossword puzzles or find a word puzzles or mazes and stuff like that. And you can you can put your own words in so she could put like Disney Disney references and stuff in there and make a word search for the kids that way, which is fun. I've used that same, uh, the Puzzle Maker, right? The yeah. free Puzzle Maker? Yep, yep. free Puzzle Maker. It's uh, discoveryeducation.com slash free dash Puzzle Maker. Yeah, I've, I've also used that one. And the fun ones are when you do the word searches, and that, like you said, and have the, the mystery sentence. I've actually oh, used yeah. that for my kids. Yep, yep. Which and then they be, get, I get a might be fun really? for the reveal. You know what? Uh, there you go. I think I'll put that. I'll answer her right now. <laughs> I think that's uh, they call that the hidden hidden message. Call it hidden message. So it's a word search with all the you know everything in it, and then you take the letters that aren't circled and they spell out a message, which is kind of cool. Hey, I have a question. It may be, seem like a dumb question, and may obviously date me, but <laughs> what car is? the card account on a road trip these days because you know when oh, we were kids yeah. it, when we were kids it was purple gremlins and um purple gremlins and vw's yeah slug bug. yeah but um my, my son counts pt cruisers okay oh, hmm. and slug i'm just curious and you get double points if it's a old slug bug and quadruple points if it's an old slug bug with that's convertible Cool. Oh, that does sound like fun. Except <laughs> my kids are actually like, slugs. So. Doesn't that sound like oh. West? Yeah. <laughs> it does sound like West. <laughs> All right. Awesome thread, Mary Jo. Thank you for that. And now let us go over to Tony, who's going to have a review. And he says, I have to help him, of the Storyteller's Cafe at the Grand Californian Hotel. Well, Tom, you did eat with me, so you do deserve to share in this. Uh... Torture. And it, glory. Okay, glory. glory or torture. And speaking of glory, and Nancy, help me out with this. The blogless wonder that is me will have a blog up. Oh, my God. At www.disunplug.com? <laughs> yes. Really? Yes, and it's, it should go up this week with the review and pictures of Defab- Storyteller's Cafe Dinner Buffet. So first off, we're, we're just talking about the dinner buffet itself and not the whole uh, Storyteller's Cafe, which is in the Grand Californian Hotel. We've talked before about, and there's been blogs about, the breakfast buffet, which has characters. And it's great and all, and we, I think most people like it and enjoy it. And um, and so basically with Tom and I hanging out at Disneyland, I said, I need to do a review. Let's do the dinner buffet because it's something that we can try everything, and we don't need to have eight people to eat everything. And so at Storytellers Cafe, they have um, they you can get a menu, which has entrees ranging from I think about fifteen to thirty dollars if I'm not mistaken, like twenty eight ninety nine. Something like that. Yeah, or you can get the buffet. And so we decided to get the buffet. It was a mistake. Yes, I am going to say that. Um, and we have a variety. Spoiler of alert. Okay. Spoiler alert. Yeah. So you can just stop and let's go on to wing. Um, 
No, okay, let me tell you what they have on the menu and why we think it was a mistake. What's interesting is I don't think it's horrible. It's not horrible. It's it's a combination of the value and what you get and the offerings. It's not the stuff tasted fine. It's when you add how much it costs, what you got, the flavor of things all together, and what was lacking. That's kind of so there's the thesis statement. Now let's put the support. Okay, first let me one of the things that Tom and I both noticed was they didn't they don't have a lot of stuff on it, correct? Uh the the selection you mean? Yeah. Correct. What you didn't get my you didn't like my use of the word stuff? Yeah, I know that wasn't <laughs> that term, sorry. Yeah. Um there 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 weren't a lot of items. And that's okay. That doesn't mean that a buffet has to have a lot of if items. The, if they're awesome items. Yes, if they're awesome items. They weren't awesome. So let me tell you what they have. They have fresh fruit, a pasta salad, and this this night it was a pesto pasta salad, corn chowder. They have a salad with uh, buttermilk or vinaigrette. They had salmon with some kind of sauce, which was – do you remember, Tom? It was a citrus sauce, I think. It was a citrus sauce. I went back a second time because I forgot to take pictures. So Andrew and I went back and also wanted to give it a second shot. And – um. The, 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 it didn't change, but the salmon had a different sauce on it. So okay. they, they changed that out a little bit. They do have a baked chicken dish. Now, when we were there, it was teriyaki. I found, teriyaki my, I found out from my server that they switched those out. So the, the day I was there, when I went back a couple days later, they had just a baked chicken, like an herb, some kind of baked herb chicken, which was about the same as the teriyaki chicken, nothing special. <laughs> Mashed potatoes is, are always there. Now, when we were there, Tom, they did not have chili. But no. they did have Western chili when we were there on the next day. Okay. When uh, are they back? What they what the server told me is the basic. There's about three or four entrees that always stay, and then a few things that they switch out. So chili was something that what they did had, that replace nothing. I can't remember now, man. Okay. Darn it. Okay. okay. Um, green beans that was still there. Well, you can help. See if you're yeah. paying attention. You help me, Tom, to figure out what did I not mention. Um, green the beans. chowder. No, oh, yeah, that's that was there. Anything I mentioned that I know was there was there both times. The pot stickers. Yes, they replaced the pot stickers. Okay. So the night we went, they had teriyaki chicken and pot stickers, which we'll discuss in a second. Um, green beans. They had the the roast or the prime rib. They have a turkey, turkey. breast, which is from a real turkey, not as opposed a, to a fake turkey. Well, no, but they don't have just that. Net, it's not net meat. It's not. It's not squished meat. Right. Exactly. No, thank you. If they yeah. actually had the drumstick on there. Yeah. Um, you can see, uh, the wing. Yeah. You can uh, see where the bones are. Yeah. Tortellini in a red sauce. Um, mm. And then we'll talk about um, – oh, and then mac and cheese and chicken nuggets. Did yes. I forget anything, Tom, other than dessert? Uh, that, 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 was, that was the whole thing. That okay, sounds yeah. Sounds good. Okay, sounds it sounds great. good. Okay, so did. I'm going to throw it to Tom. What did you – what did you th- – what did you find when you I th- ate I think, the food? I, th- I think the, the word we've used the most was bland. It was bland. It was okay. I'm not a salt guy. I mean, I don't love salt and everything. Nearly everything I ate needed salt. It was really bland, and it shouldn't have been bland. I and the roast. Go yes, ahead. I think the the thing that tasted the best related to what it was was the chicken nuggets. I mean, they, they yeah, the chicken nuggets are fine. Which yeah, is part fine. of the kids' meal, right? Which is part yeah. of the kids' meal. Yeah, uh, the the mac and cheese was awful. Okay, and you know I gotta tell you, okay, here's Andrew. Okay, loves mac and cheese. And he's like, This mac and cheese isn't that good. I was like, it Okay, had no thank flavor you. to it. It didn't. It didn't. It's like and, milk. And when I got there and when we got there, there was 
Okay, somebody stir that thing up. Give me oh, some yeah, presentation. Yeah, it gets a little film on top. Like, like, hey, that's rule number one in the buffet is you stir things up so all the stuff you don't want to see is at the bottom. I went, that was kind of sad. Um, they, um, yeah, everything was bland. Even the, and I got the end piece of the prime rib because I like the end piece, and that wasn't. You had to you fight to t- get that end piece too, didn't you? Yeah, he didn't want to give me the end piece, so. I said, don't you know I'm on a Disneyland podcast? <laughs> and then he started waving his knife at me, and I said, okay, sorry, sorry. No, um, may I please? Have yeah, peace. please. And so, yeah, please, he didn't want to give me the end piece. May I have the end piece? And um, so, but even that was, and so usually the reason why I get the end piece is because that was all the fat and salt, the best part. And it didn't taste anything special. Now, now but, you, liked, you liked the mashed potatoes, though, right? Okay, I love mashed potatoes, and what I liked about the mashed potatoes were that they were real mashed potatoes, and they were creamy. I like creamy they, mashed potoes. They you thought creamy. they were too creamy. No, they weren't creamy. creamy. They were wallpaper paste. They were thick. Okay, I like thick mashed potatoes. Okay. Were they like, garlic mashed potatoes or regular no. mashed potatoes? Th- they were they regular. Were, okay. They were, no, I what, they were supposed to be garlic. But. Oh, they were supposed, Okay, well, that's the whole thing. Nothing had – they all had labels, like it's supposed to be this flavor, and mm. you couldn't tell. Well, and I think – we talked about the salmon. I think in the menu, it said it was salmon with some sort of like green chili sauce or something. Mm-hmm. But then the sign on the on the actual buffet it said it was salmon with a citrus sauce. Oh, so. and then the next day we went when Andrew and I came back two days later, it was a red pepper sauce. So there, there you go. So there you go. Um, the turkey breast that we thought was good. Well, the first let, let, yeah, let me yeah, let me tell okay, that I I got. The, you know, a slice of the roast beef and a slice of the turkey, you know, sat down, ate the, tried to eat the roast beef, and there was, like, no flavor. I went and got the aju sauce, came back, still nothing. So I ate a bite of the turkey. I'm like, wow, this is good turkey. I mean, usually you can't do turkey well. Mm-hmm. This was moist. This was flavorful. I made Tony have a bite, and I was like, yeah, this is good. So I ate all that and went back and said, you can't have two more slices of the turkey. Come back and sit down. It was a different turkey. Because the the second and third slice were dry and flavorless, and it's like, oh my gosh. Well, do you also think maybe it's because uh, it was we were just comparing it to everything else? No, that first slice was good. Okay, so yeah, but then again, it, it wasn't consistent, is what you're saying. It wasn't consistent. Um, no. Now they did bring like they do at the normal. Um, if you order off the menu, they do bring you fresh bread. And I love corn muffins, and those corn muffins like fell apart, kind of messy. But I thought they were actually really good. Not enough to pay for the buffet, and we're going to discuss that in a second. Um, so we were thought, okay, this this buffet is okay. Like if you're going to have that few uh, few of items, I know English is wrong there, but if you have if you have that few items, then they should be really good items. Yeah, they weren't. They were. I hate. They were pedestrian. Now, Tony, and, did they have any custom custom made items? Like, you know how in the mornings they do, um, in the mornings they do the, you know, the omelets and stuff, and then, oh, and, they, and then they up. have the make yourself. <laughs> then you, they make the pizzas. Yeah, that's fine. I'm glad actually. Thank you. I, I almost forgot that whole point. Okay, so now since I'm ripping on this thing, um, okay, so where the omelet station would normally be, you see a chef making the kids make your own pizza, and that's where all the wood-fired pizzas are going in for the people that order them off the menu. Now, someone who's, who spent the money on the buffet, and you're walking, and, and as where that, that station would be, the omelet station, and where they're making the wood the pizzas or the flatbreads or whatever, around that edge is where the dessert is. So kind of in my mind, I know I'm sounding like a simpleton here, 
I'm thinking that what they're doing is related to me and the buffet, but it's not. It's just a showcase for them to make the stuff that the people are ordering off the menu, which I think is kind of bad. I hate to say front of show or front of house or whatever, because if I'm eating everything around it, but I can't get what's there, I'm not saying you should put up a curtain or anything, but it just I just thought it was kind of interesting that I could see them making stuff that I couldn't eat. And I think, Mary Jo, you were the one that mentioned that at breakfast you can pretty much get anything off the menu. Right. If you if you order the buffet for breakfast, like I love the huevos rancheros. Well, I enjoy the huevos rancheros there, and that's not part of the buffet. And I asked them for a plate of huevos rancheros. They made it and gave it, handed it over the counter to me. Yeah, so. we, 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 we asked about that. <laughs> and they said no. So uh, no, for, di- have- for dinner, for dinner. Oh, for dinner, okay. For oh, I've, I've, I've done it like three times for breakfast. So. Wow. Yeah, we, okay. they, you can't do that what, at dinner. What about the carving station? What, what's that, in that that's center the, area? The turkey, the turkey and the prime rib. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so now here's the – we are going to say some good things near the end. But the thing – okay, and here's why the main reason – oh, also, we didn't really have that great a serve. Okay, I went twice. So the first time when Tom and I went, our – our server never picked up the darn plates. I'm wow. like, okay, let's look. All you're doing is picking up plates. You don't have to service anything. So pick up the darn plates. Or, or refill so we our had, drinks, please. Goodness. Yeah, I know. Like, if that's all you got to do, then do it. I know it was crowded. It was a Saturday. It was packed. There were empty tables, dude. But you're I, right. Okay. I don't think that's be an nice. excuse because their buffets are expensive. So Okay, exactly. That was kind of my thought. And, um, and we were at a four-top. And Tony would push his plate to the side to in front of the chair that we were not using. The server comes up and says, oh, would you like me to take this? Like, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it's not. And, and we are going to have a picture of three eaten plates on the blog because I'm like, I got to take a picture of this. These, there should not be three plates that haven't been picked up. I mean, and I know normally I don't go off on stuff, but. Now there was something that's um, that was good. The dessert, a success story, a success story in this shock. It Disney the dessert. dessert. Yes. Okay. Yes. It wasn't at the Napa. No, the dessert. I almost okay. So you know, Tom and I are disappointed. Like we're going to rip on this thing, and then we had the dessert. This is good. Then I ate a banana banana cream cupcake. Yeah, those were pretty awesome. And uh, again, why I had to go back to take a picture because I forgot to take pictures of anything. Okay, they had a chocolate hazelnut tort, small. These are the, the desserts were all tiny, which was good, so you didn't eat too much. Yeah, and I did. It, uh, well, well, we ate too much. Um, I I know Tom's not a big fan of bread pudding. I love bread pudding, and that was some of the best bread pudding. I gotta say, I never order bread pudding as a dessert, but at a buffet, whether it's a Vegas buffet, I'm gonna always get the bread pudding. That was the best bread pudding I've ever had at a buffet, and I've been to like the Win and those high end. Vegas hotel buffets, and that was the best bread pudding I've Did they ever also had. Have the cheesecake. Yes, the, that's what I forgot. The pineapple cheesecake. Pineapple cheesecake. Which was a little, and, a little and, and the and the lemon tart too. And the lemon tart. Now, what blew us away, which we didn't realize, was, and again, this is where I kind of complain about where the way they set things up. On the far, if you're facing the buffet as you come in the doors, on the far right. And I'm using my hands for those of okay, you the, listening at home. The desserts are on the far left. Left. On the far right, where there's the fruit, for some reason, and the salad. The fruit, I think, should be – well, no, I guess that's fine to be there. Yeah. There's, there's a little um, 
there's a line to go get ice cream, scoop to order ice cream, and there is the blue velvet ropes. Wait, were they weren't there when we first got there, were they, Tom? I don't. I thought they were, but go ahead. okay. Well, there's a, but it, it gets kind of confusing because what happens is people get in line thinking they're in the front of the regular buffet line, when really they're in line for ice cream. So that's the, lo- the location of the ice cream over there is confusing to some people. However, some like me. However, okay, that the ice cream almost made us think it was worth. Oh wait, we'll talk about the twenty eight ninety nine price. Um, the uh, the ice cream you get, they scoop it to order, and they have. Okay, Tom and I, we found out something. Another special bond we have. We both love berries. Mm. Okay, so. Um, they have um, – you can get fresh berries, blueberry, raspberry, strawberry, fresh, full berries on your ice cream if you want. You can also get, which I wanted, the candy, like the, the syrupy, sugary, fresh berries. It's the real berries with the sugary syrup on it. You can get strawberry syrup on it. You can get, uh, I think, caramel on it. They put whipped cream on it. And they hot put it fudge. on a plate. No, I found out it wasn't hot fudge. It was, it was. actual chocolate because I tried it with Andrew. Okay. It was actual, and Nancy helped me out. It was ganache. real chocolate. Yeah. Was it a, is it ganache? It was a melted. I, yeah, no, probably a, mel- a ganache. If it, no, was, it, was a, it was a melted milk chocolate. Okay. It like, it, it Did it harden? Did, no. Okay, then it was a ganache. Okay. Yeah, and it was out one of those little squirt Of boxes. some kind. Yeah. So it was real chocolate. Like Andrew and I tasted it. It was really good. But that the ice cream we had finished... And they're like, wait, we can get full ice cream. And then we saw the berries, so we had to go back and get that. I wish they could, and I think Tom agreed. That was by far, first of all, usually the dessert is the afterthought in a buffet. Not the food being the afterthought. The dessert was the best. Oh, and I found out from the server the second time I went back, Mm -hmm. some of those creations are made specifically, I don't say invented, by the, the dessert chef at Storytellers. So look at that high quality you're getting. So he's like, yeah, she said some of the recipes are things he just came up with himself. So you're well, getting I think that same pastry shop also services the Napa Rose. Well, okay, so then that would make sense. that would explain plants. why the why it's so much yeah. better than everything else. Okay, now here's our big issue. As great as that dessert is, and I wish they would have offered like a thirteen ninety nine just eat the dessert because I would have done that. <laughs> the uh, it's twenty eight ninety nine for adults. And that was our problem. If I'm spending maybe 19.90, I know nothing at Disneyland's 19.99. 19.99, I would have said, oh, good deal. 20.99, 22. Okay, well, there's something to like with the dessert. 28.99, and you don't have a character. That's yeah. a lot. It's the mo- the same price as the most expensive thing on the menu, I think. That's too much for that quality, Tom. Compared to the variety you would get at Goofy's Kitchen. Right. Like well, my hus- my husband said the same thing, too, about that buffet, because the last time we ate there, I got something. I got the fish off the menu, because Tom got it one time when we were all there. Mm-hmm. And that was good, good. the sea bass? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, the sea bass. And everybody else at the table complained about their buffet. Everybody did. Every single person. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess I did the right thing then. Well, but- and that's the thing is if you're going to only have – like eight items then make them eight good items yeah. you can't but it was it was what tom and i were kind of thinking it was almost like you know what let's have a dinner buffet you want to put yeah why don't we go put out a dinner buffet okay we'll put some stuff out and we'll charge them 28.99 and like the, they didn't even think about it 
It was just we've got the space. Maybe we can use it and make some money. So do you think this was a one-off? Is this a consistent thing? Do we have a real problem here? I mean, this has been consistent for months. This is supposed to be one of the signature hotels there and, and one of the best, you know, experiences at that hotel. Um, I wouldn't say it's one of the best experiences. It's a nice family restaurant. I love the atmosphere, but I we've best. we've eaten there several times, and my son loves meat, so I always get he always gets the buffet, mm-hmm. and I, I the buffet is just I can't justify yeah I I can't justify spending the money myself for that food. If it was better quality or tasty, then maybe so. But I and- I just think that the the, to me, the variety isn't really that much. And this is so pr- surprising because breakfast at Storytellers has always been touted as wonderful. Agreed. I can't you, – you wouldn't think it's the same restaurant. And I will always go there for breakfast. Yeah, but, I, I really enjoy it for breakfast also. When's the, last time, made, you had, when's the last time you had breakfast there, Tony? I don't know. Maybe okay. we got to go again. Aren't you coming <laughs> down this weekend? Maybe we'll have to go back to breakfast. Um, I, I, you know what? To me, the breakfast is worth it just for the fact that, well, you get characters. I like characters. And they're and, funny. Um, yeah. I mean, and then you're going to charge twenty eight ninety nine with no characters. Well, I know some people don't want characters, but um, and breakfast just for the fact that you can get fresh pancakes and stuff off the menu. It's just the, yeah. the discrepancy between the two is pretty amazing. I had breakfast there about a year ago. I think it was last summer, and I remember it being, you know, its usual, wonderful, spectacular. Yeah. And I think, it's, it's if I'm remembering it's, right, it's, I, I think I had dinner with Nancy when she was there with yeah, you were there with us, all the folks. And I remember most of y'all ate off the menu. I went to the buffet. And I just may, maybe it's telling because I don't remember it. So maybe that says mm-hmm. something right there. Well, good. I'm glad we've just we've made. And you know, our other thing is on the second, the first, the the night we went. Why do you have teriyaki chicken and pot stickers? Like it's like, hey, what do we got in the fridge? Ah, uh, sort the teriyaki chicken and pot stickers. Like it didn't. Like there's no theme. Not Let's that have I, Asian yeah. night. <laughs> no, that, that's fine. Then give me other Asian things. It was yeah. just we've got two Asian things at the end. Yeah. It was like leftovers night. Oh, what does Napa Rose have extra? Buffet, uh... Yeah, like if if you're gonna do Asian night, like it's a cruise or something, then okay, then give me everything. But just at the end, and I don't understand. So then the next time we go back, chili, okay, I guess. Like knowing that there used to be pot stickers, I don't, don't see how. Don't they have chili those... on the lunch menu? I don't know. I'm wondering if it's just leftovers from the lunch menu. And well, just, yeah, and again, for twenty eight ninety nine, don't serve me leftovers from the lunch menu. And just to compare prices, storytellers for breakfast. Currently, with the summer pricing, is twenty seven ninety nine. Better and with characters. with characters. But yeah. you get. Um, keep in mind, you do get a pretty decent. Well, is it ten or fifteen with DVC and fifteen with annual pass holder? 15. Now, what's interesting is okay. I know we kind of had an isolated thing with the service. I've always found the hosts there very awesome. And I wrote, I came back and I I made a joke with the host and uh, hey do you remember me and he's like oh yeah I remember. like the hosts are always great at storytellers so I don't maybe we had an isolated incident but then again if you're picking up plates and that's your job um, and then when I, Andrew and I went back because I forgot to take pictures um, the um, she was great and then again I've learned go on a weeknight after seven thirty p.m. because there's nobody there 
we had a, I mean, she was there every five seconds because it was just us and like maybe 20 other people because it was a weeknight and it was a school night and nobody's there. But, um, Tony, did you go there yeah. just to have dinner? Well, yeah, we went back. Well, actually, we went back. I was like, um, I'd picked up, um, Andrew from tennis and he gets out of tennis at seven. And I was like, Andrew, we got to go back to Storytellers Cafe because I forgot to take pictures and, I might as well give it another shot. He's like, okay, so we go. And then actually we did go on Space Mountain and the monorail and went home. Sorry, I'm local. Where did you park? Wow. You're really asking me all these questions. I I parked in downtown Disney. Okay, just so you know. Oh, you wouldn't have to. Yep. Just so you know, when you eat at the Storyteller Cafe or Napa Rose Uh or use the spot, you get free valet. (gasps) What? what? Yep. Free free valet. valet. I I tip them usually five bucks. Oh, then it's not free. Well, you don't have to. You tip always a, have to right? tip a valet. It's cheaper than yeah. Santa Monica. Okay, yes, but then again, if I well, am if eating, you tip them two dollars, then if I am if I am eating five banana cupcakes and prime rib mashed potatoes, the walk from downtown Disney to the Grand Californian, I think I should probably do that. So good point. But but thank you. I did not know that. So next time I go. Um, but yeah, what Tom's and are as we discussed the whole thing was it's pedestrian, not enough variety. It's okay if it was good food. If it was better. It was bland. Um, and uh, for that price, that is too expensive for the food we got. Sounds like for next year's list, Storyteller's Buffet is going to wind up with a 16 seed. Uh, <laughs> no, they're, not, they're not even making the tournament. They're not even making the tournament. They're going to have to petition to be allowed to actually play at all. Nice. They, they, they might get on a – when I got to think of my darn basketball reference. They might get the uh, – Sanctions, and they'll be out yeah, nice. for oh. recruiting yeah, violations. Like, like, that's, that's my team that gets the sanctions. Yeah, Fresno. Yeah. It'll be like UNLV, and they're going to be busted for recruiting violations. They're going to lose their Heisman. All right. Thank you, Tony. Now let's head over to Wayne, who's going to tell us some things that we might not have noticed at Disneyland. Thank you, Tom. I would say that most of us, when we arrive at Disneyland, get through the turnstiles at the main gate take the obligatory picture at the Mickey flower bed in front of the train station, head through the tunnel under the tracks, make our way up Main Street, and are on our way as quickly as possible to the first attraction. And that continues for most of the day. We go from attraction to attraction, having tons of fun to be sure, but still with the goal of simply heading from one attraction to another, one destination to another, throughout the whole day. But have you noticed some of the things that you pass along the way? One of the things we love about Disney parks in particular is their attention to detail Uh and the fully immersive experience that we all love when we're there. But have you noticed what makes up those things? Have you noticed some of the things that you pass by on every trip? It might be a part of the background, or maybe some in some less rem- traveled remote corner, or just might be something you pass every visit and just never have taken the time to really see what you've, what's there. Have you noticed that? Well, I want to take you on a simple tour and point out some of my favorite things that maybe you've overlooked or not seen how really interesting it is. Those things are everywhere, and we certainly don't have time to cover them all. But let's take the time to stroll through Disneyland and find some of the things that maybe you haven't noticed. One of the first things is right at the Mickey flower bed. Have you noticed that the flowers change regularly? 
maybe not your first visit every week, but with each season, the Mickey flower bed changes to something appropriate. And it's neat to take it, just take a little look and see what those changes are. Once you go through the turnstiles, just before you go too far, turn around. Look back at the ticket scanner podium. There's a little air vent towards the bottom of the podium itself. And in that podium is a little air vent that's in the shape of a Mickey head. Many call this a hidden Mickey, but it's really not very, very hidden at all. Have you noticed that? Now head to the left to the railroad track tunnel, but stop before you go through. Now look to your right. You'll find an old-style mailbox. Have you noticed that or wondered what if what is that? Is it just a part of the scenery? Well, it's a real mailbox operated by Disneyland. And all the mail that goes there is taken to the post office every day. It's for your postcards or your letters to the friends to show them that you were actually there at the, at the park. In fact, they used to cancel your postage stamp with a Disneyland mark. I'm not sure if they still do that. I'll have to try it. And it turns out these little post, uh, postage mailbox, they're all over the park. They're in little hidden corners all over. Have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. Now turn around. See the newsstand? Just souvenirs, right? But have you noticed the little sign that says package check-in? Well, this is a very special service that Disneyland offers but very few people know about or even take advantage of. You know when you go into a, to a shop or a store and you buy that big plush or the, all those kitchen items or something that you want but don't want to carry around the park all day long? Well, you can take your package to this little store, fill out a little form, and they'll hold your package. You don't even need a locker. And at the end of the day, you come back to this location and pick up your package. It's very convenient. Okay, now go through the tunnel and on to Main Street. Early in the morning, usually until about noon, you have many ways to get up Main Street. I mean, walking is fine, and the horse-drawn trolley is a Disneyland icon. But have you noticed the fire truck? How about the old-time Surrey car? The double-decker bus? Have you ridden any of these? In Town Square, just on the other side of the flagpole, you'll notice two cannons. Have you ever noticed those? Ever wondered why they're there? Well, many central city parks contain some kind of monument to the servicemen from that town. The cannons that are displayed in the center of the square, of the Disneyland Town Square, were used by the French army during the 1800s, although I hear they were never really fired in battle. I'm not sure how they wound up at Disneyland, but they do add to the Midwest town feeling. Now, all of you know that riding the Disneyland Railroad is always my first attraction. Now, I can cover all the wonderful extra things that you can see on the attractions themselves, although that would make an interesting story too, wouldn't it? Hmm. But just head up to the railroad station and go inside. Just in front, you will see a display case. And this is a small-scale model of the Lily Bell steam locomotive. Well, this was Walt's original model from the train from his collection that ran around his backyard. Now, in the late 1990s, the Disney family requested that the original train be returned, and that train is now on display at the Walt Disney Family Museum. 
But this is a duplicate and sometimes called the Lily Bell 2. But for Disneyland visitors, you can get an idea of what these little model trains were like and what Walt actually used to build. Turn to your left and look for the poster of Disneyland. You're still in the train station. It looks just like a map of the park, right? Look a little closer. The map shows trains running around the park, and some of the trains are lit. The map is showing the actual position of each Disneyland Railroad train as it moves around the park and makes progress. You can see how many trains are running that day and how far away from the station the next one is. It's really cool. There is also some cool railroad memorabilia in the display cases in the station and some great pictures of Walt with his backyard railroad. Okay, take the train and have a great time, but let's move on. Oh, and over at the Disney Gallery, they're still showing the Trains of Disney exhibition. Look up at the entrance sign to the gallery. <laughs> it shows some it shows sort of a dimensional picture of one of the trains. Have you ever noticed that every once in a while, while the steam locomotive the picture actually starts smoking. It's a nice little effect. Inside the gallery, you will find a real bank vault. When Disneyland first opened, this building was a real working bank. Walt somehow located an early vault from about 1904 and had it installed. It is still there today, and inside you'll often find very special or rare Disney displays from the gallery exhibit. Next door to the lobby of the Mr. Lincoln show, there's a display case right in the middle with a whole lot of Disneyland printed items, including old ticket books. We've often talked about e-tickets, or even A, B, C, and D tickets, but have you ever seen one? Well, they're all here. And yes, When I first started going to Disneyland, I had to purchase ticket books and use individual tickets on the attractions. I was so glad when passports were introduced. (laughs) Before we leave Town Square, look up at the windows of the buildings. Look at the ones on the second story. See how many of those special windows with folks' names in them. Have you ever read those? If you're a Disney fan, you are likely to start seeing names you know. For example, Marty Sklar's window is on the left side of City Hall, but there are so many others. On the other side of Town Square, you can find the window for Exitensio, who's an Imagineer who lots of us know who wrote a lot of the ride attraction songs and did tons of other things. There is the window for Walt's dad, Elias Disney, near the Emporium, and so many more. Let's head up Main Street a little bit. Now, Main Street was still under some refurbishment and stuff, so some of this you can't see right now. But in the old arcade area, there's a wonderful little fortune teller called Esmeralda. Now, for those of you who remember the old Virtual Magic Kingdom game, whenever you entered the game, one of the first things you did was to go visit Esmeralda to get your daily points. Remember that? Well, you can visit Esmeralda in Disneyland, too, but this time, for just a quarter, she'll tell you her fortune. And some of her fortunes, well, let's just say they're pretty surprising. I've gotten several, and I wind up keeping them. 
Okay, so we could probably spend half the day on Main Street, but let's explore some other areas. Let's take a, a trip up to the hub. Ever notice the flower beds around the hub? Just like the flowers all around the park, these are changed pretty regularly. And the flowers, particularly around the partner statue, they change quite a lot. All of those flowers in that area change with the seasons. And they're always one of the more beautiful parts of the whole hub area. Go up and head through the castle. Go under the pass-through, but stop and turn around and look up. See the chandelier? See the clock in the middle of the chandelier? That's one of those hidden things that not too many notice. Have you seen that? So just a little ornate clock. In fact, clocks seem to be pretty pretty popular around Fantasyland. Now look sideways and you'll notice two murals, one on the inside of each wall as you pass through the castle pass-through area. One of them shows Sleeping Beauty and the other one shows Maleficent battling the prince. Now go through the castle and turn around and look to the side just before you go to the Sleeping Beauty walkthrough. There's a little brass statue outside the castle. Have you ever noticed that? It's just a piece of decoration. It doesn't really have a purpose except to show the prince after she's been woken up and they're now dancing. It's a cute little statue. There's a clock on the top of the tower near the Snow White attraction. It almost looks like an astronomical clock the way it's got all its symbols around it. It's really pretty ornate, but have you ever noticed that? In fact, now that you're looking upwards, take a look at the tops of all the attractions around Fantasyland. What am I going to say, Tom? All the like the wind the weather vanes. All the weather vanes. There's a different weather vane on each attraction that's themed to that attraction. For example, in the Mr. Toad attraction, the one on top shows Mr. Toad in his little buggy. If you look at some of the other ones, they also show little icons from the attraction itself. Pinocchio's is a uh, wooden toy on a rocking horse. And there's there's actually a a couple more. There's Monstro the Whale and a second weather vane just on the other spire that's all the fishes that Monstro's chasing. Now, I've never noticed that. I've noticed Monstro, but I've never noticed the little fishes. I've noticed that one and the ship on the Peter Pan. Exactly. The ship on top of Peter Pan. And even if you go down to the restaurant there... There's a, a, a rather interesting artsy kind of weather vane that's on top of that. That's great. Y'all have noticed. Oh, it's, okay. it's not not all of us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, he's just Tony. Tony, you're yeah. going to have to notice. Well, that's why I'm listening so intently, so I can listen to this and walk through the park. See, that's- y'all make fun of me because we don't hardly ever go on a lot of stuff when we go to the park with the girls, but we're always looking at all this kind of stuff. <laughs> Just so let's it. continue from Fantasyland. Let's go back to Big Thunder Ranch. Big Thunder Ranch is often overlooked, unless you've got a real reason to go there, like maybe during Christmas time when Santa's Reindeer Roundup is there. But if you go there at other times, you'll notice that Big Thunder Ranch changes quite often. In fact, 
one of the things that changes is there's a couple of old-style horse-drawn carriages mm-hmm. that are just sitting there as decoration. But they're not sitting there to be sat on or to be ride in. They're almost like planters. They're always decorated in some kind of plant or spring-like decoration or whatever for the time of year that it is. They're, they're always seasonal. So in, the, in fact, in the Halloween time, there are just tons of pumpkin heads all over these two Surreys. Now look down. Well, that sounds rather silly. Why am I looking down? Here, I want you to look at the pathway. Have you ever noticed the pathways? Well, especially around Frontierland, there are animal tracks in the pavement. And horseshoe prints, too. In fact... Have you noticed that the pavement differs from one land to another? In frontier land, it looks like a dirt road. You go over to some of the other areas, the pavement actually looks different. As you're strolling around the big thunder area, you might notice the rock work. But have you noticed all the waterfalls that are around the big thunder area? There's tons of them, little ones, big ones, small ones, wide ones. They're all over the place. Okay, continue around and head towards the main part of frontier land. And we're walking around past the rivers of America, and oh, over there to our right, there's a popcorn stand. We all love the popcorn stands. They are so wonderful on an afternoon. But have you noticed the little display it's right on the other side. You know what I'm talking about. I think I know where you're going. There's a little model of a steam engine just on the other side of where the popcorn is stored. And on top of that model, there's like a little tumbler and a little character, a small little six-inch high character, is turning the tumbler of popcorn powered by the little steam engine. Yep. Well, each one, each popcorn stand has a different character attached to the engine. And the character is themed to the area where the, the popcorn stand is. For example, in the frontier land, it kind of looks like an Old West character. But over in Tomorrowland, I saw one that looked like a Boba Fett character. <laughs> And, and, of course, the one that's near Matterhorn... That's a Yeti. ...is a Yeti. It's so great. They're really fun. Some of them are kind of creepy looking, but, you know, it, it, it's all part of the character of it. I love looking you, at the different ones, though. Once yeah. you notice it, you can't help, but every time you pass a popcorn stand... Oh, which one is this? What do they have in here? There's one always near the Haunted Mansion. I forget what's in it, but it's Haunted Mansion-themed. Okay, continue around the rivers of America. You'll find this, what looks like a horrendous tree stump. I'm sure most everyone knows the story behind this. It's the petrified tree. Anyone care to explain? Hmm. Walt bought it for Lillian as a gift, and she basically said, no, this isn't going to go in my yard. Thank you very much. That's exactly correct. (laughs) And so Walt went to so much trouble to get this. And he got it from Petrified National Forest, didn't he? Yeah, he got it out of a national park. He he went through a lot of trouble to get this thing. 
So why not? We're short at decorations in Disneyland. I think I'll put it here in Frontierland. So, so if anybody ever asks you what the oldest thing in the park is, there's your answer. That's it. Or if you ever right want to trick your, trick your friends. Okay, now continue around Rivers of America. We're on a roll here. But stop just before you get to the Tom Sawyer River rafts. There's a bulletin board there. And the bulletin board has a big sign on it that says River Notices. In fact, one of the newspapers inside that bulletin board says Lost Boys Found. And the story on the newspaper tells of these three boys who were looking for a pirate's life. Any idea who the boys were? Well, you just have to go read the news to find out. <laughs> Okay, now turn the other direction, and let's go up to the train station that's in the New Orleans Square area. Exactly. And what is that, Tom? What are we talking about? Morse code. In the train station. There you go. Now you've got it. In the train station, you hear the sounds of a telegraph going off. And it sounds like just any old random telegraph going, but for those that know Morse code, the message that it's sending is Walt Disney's original opening day speech. You you know when I hear what I heard about that? Tell us. Uh, Lillian Disney knew Morse code, and when she heard it, she told them that it was incorrect and they needed to correct the speech. (laughs) Nice. Nice. (laughs) And they did. So that's great. But have you noticed that there's a couple more things around that train station? For example, look to your left as you're looking towards that recreation of the old-style train station. You'll see a railroad signal tower with two signal arms. Ever paid attention to it? Well, here's a little secret, and this will make you real popular with your family. This signal tower works, and it indicates the approach of a train. There's two flags on the tower. There's a red flag and a black and white flag. Normally, when the train's not in the station, both flags are up. But when the train is approaching, as it's coming through the tunnel on its way to the New Orleans station, the black and white flag lowers to a horizontal position. Mm. If you're watching with your family, keep your eye on the flag. When you see it lower, just casually announce, I think it's about ready for the train to come. And within just That's a great. few seconds, you'll hear the Disneyland announcer announce that the train is arriving. Love it. Okay, that's one great thing, but I got another one for you. And I'm almost hesitant to tell you about this. Oh, come on. We're all friends but, here. Nobody's listening. Nobody's listening. It's so juicy that I just can't resist. Okay, look on the other side of that train train station. We're still looking across the tracks from the station that we're waiting for the train is. And you you'll mean the see water depot? you'll it's it's before the water tower, there's another building. It's it's what would be the the freight house where they would store all the cargo that would be loaded unloaded from the train. 
Now, most people just look at this and don't pay it any attention. Look at it real carefully. Look at the shape of the building. Look at the milk cans. Look at the barrels. Did you attend Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln today? Were you paying attention during the Two Brothers song? This is the train station that was used in the Two Brothers when the one brother is returned. It's a little melancholy, but it's kind of cool that they actually used this little set piece in that in that story. Wow. Take take a look next time. Okay, so moving down the path, now we're in front of the haunted mansion. Oh, and look, it's not a bright summer day and there aren't a whole queue line full of folks. In fact, <laughs> there's no line at all. But have you noticed what the standby wait time is? 13 minutes. It's, it's 13 minutes. Do we think it's really 13 minutes? No. That's just what they display every time there's really no wait at all. They do the same thing at Tower of Terror. Love it. Yeah. That is so cool. I never knew that. Whenever you see 13 minutes, that means you're pretty much going to walk into the next the next uh, time you're going into the stretching room. Okay, but what if there is a long line, and now you're snaking your way through the queue past the pet cemetery and into that horribly long back area. Have you noticed what's on the back? The back wall, just before the hill for the where the train tracks are, the berm. Have you noticed the little dugout area with the concrete wall? Have you noticed that that's a mortuary? And there are funny sayings on the mortuary crypts in that area. One of them is, you are gone. The other one is, I am mortal. There are several in that area. Take a look the next time you're in. Oh, and by the way, have you noticed the weather vane on top of the Haunted Mansion? It's at the very top of the cupola. It's a sailing ship. It's very cool. Wasn't that related, supposedly related to what the original storyline was going to be of the Haunted Mansion? Of the Haunted Mansion. Yes, correct. Yeah. Which is, which is interesting. That's another whole story, too, because there are so many backstories about the Haunted Mansion. Hmm. Wonder if I should do one about that. <laughs> okay. Moving on. We're still in New Orleans Square, though, but now we're going through the streets of New Orleans. Take a look up on the second story. Look at some of the decorations that are up on the balconies. On one, there's a recreation of an artist's apartment. He's got all of his paintings and his painting apparatus out on the balcony as if he was sitting out there on a nice spring day painting the scenes. Have you noticed that? Take a look. They're all over. In fact, look at how recreated the whole New Orleans Square area is. On the sides of the buildings are the street signs, just like they would be in the French Quarter. And there are tons of window displays in the shops around New Orleans Square. Sometimes the windows displays are just as interesting as the merchandise inside the stores. All right, let's leave all of that. Let's come back around to Adventureland. Let's make a couple of stops in there. Do we have to go to Adventureland? Well, we do because there are a few few bizarre places there. In fact, let's go inside the bazaar because there's a couple of things in there I really <laughs> <That was> like. <good. laughs> 
<laughs> now, the one I love to visit is you can see Aladdin's lamp inside the bazaar. Yep. Now, this is a coin-operated little game. You put in your, your coins and the lamp, the genie in the lamp tells you your fortune and it's kind of fun. But there's another little coin-operated game in there that's my favorite. The pinball machine? Between the pinball machine <laughs> and Aladdin's lamp, right in the center, you will find Headless Ned, the yep. jungle's only shrunken witch doctor. And if you've never visited Headless Ned, you must. Headless Ned is, he's a fortune teller. But you put your palm on his little reader, and he proceeds to tell you exactly what's wrong with you. Every time. Oh. It's amazing. He finds something wrong with me and then gives me <laughs> a prescription. Nice. In fact, the last time I was there, let, let me just read you what my prescription was when he <laughs> told me I was looking so poorly. He said, here's for life's essential formula. One, eat only celery for six weeks. After six <laughs> weeks, eliminate celery. Two, Give up all bad habits, hobbies, television, friends, and forms of amusement. Three, move to the Aleutian Islands and sell refrigerators. <laughs> now, Headless Ned notes, none of this will help make your life longer. It will just seem longer. <laughs> okay, that's what, you, that's what you, you can expect when you visit Headless Ned. And, once again, believe it or not, this was another... Reference back to the Disney's Virtual Magic Kingdom game. Headless Ned was, again, one of the characters in that game that was recreated from this, this little attraction. Okay, come out of the bazaar. And again, take a look up. Look at the second story. Do you ever look up when you're in Disneyland? Look at all the decorations, all the artifacts, all the things that they've put on the balconies. There's tons of stuff. Tables and chairs and baskets and pottery and just all kinds of things. Oh, and since we're in that area, have you been to the Tiki Room in the last, oh, very short time? Have you been to the courtyard? Have you noticed that there's now a new Hawaiian video playing? Video? Uh, yes. Alani advertisement? It isn't. It's still about Dole Pineapple. Okay. <laughs> but after decades, the original Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room, the making of Dole Pineapple video, has been changed. The whole little projection kiosk has been switched out to something more modern, and they finally have a new, a new video playing there. Oh, but I love the old Kitschke 60s video. That was a lot of You know, I did too, but this one, this one definitely has the potential after a decade of becoming just as campy. Okay, we, we're, we're running out of daylight here. Let's head over to Tomorrowland. Let's go up to the monorail. We love taking the monorail. We love our monorail. Mm. You know that the monorail actually was awarded a historic landmark? In fact, the, the plaque which acknowledges that is right in the center of the loading platform. Have you noticed that? Hmm. 
it's a very nice plaque just behind where the operator station is in the center of the platform. Go check it out. It's an award. Well, it's an it's, it's an acknowledgement from the Historic Mechanical Engineering Group, and they awarded it to the Disneyland monorail system back in 1959. It's been there a while. Pretty nice distinction, too. And, of course, when Disneyland goes Disney after dark, when all the lights come on, well, we could probably spend another whole segment on all the wonderful things you can see when the lights are on and when the music is up and the special events are on. And there's there's a whole nother set of things that you might not have noticed. But you get the idea. There certainly are a lot of things to see and do at the park. And to be fair, that's why we visit Disneyland. If you like this story, perhaps I can do another on California Adventure or Downtown Disney or maybe even the hotels. But the next time you're at Disneyland, take a look at some of the things along the way. You'll probably find something you've never seen. It's easy to do. Pick any spot, any direction, and you'll find something unusual or interesting. Or have you noticed? Thanks, Wayne. I think, you know, that's one of the things we've talked about with about Disneyland is they do they do things they don't have to do. Yep. You know, they, it's like like all, all the stuff you're talking about, it's like they don't have to put that in, but they do because it is what makes the Disneyland, the Disney Parks experience so wonderful. It is what keeps us coming back and back yep. over and over. And it's it's so easy to do to find something different every time. How many times have we heard people go, I've been coming to the park for years and I never noticed that. I never found that. I never did that. Exactly. One of my favorite things. Exactly. Awesome, Wayne. Thank you. Tony, thank you. Mary Jo, Nancy, thank you so much. That will do it for this edition of the Diz Unplugged podcast. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.